Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I'm glad I came here today. How about you? Oh boy. Yeah. Amen. And I'm glad you tuned in. If you're watching or listening, I know we've got a lot of people doing that too. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to get right into the word. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm uh, you know, <laughs> when I say this, it almost implies I'm not typically, but that's not what I mean. But I, I, I'm excited about this message today. <laughs> it's a, are you not usually? No, I am excited, but some messages are easier to, to deliver than others, if I can be just completely honest with you. You know, sometimes it's a little bit hard to deliver, but you got to deliver it no matter what it is, if it's the Word of God. It's, but, uh, but I'm just excited. I told uh, Rebitson last night, I said, I'm, I'm excited about today's message. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, but as, uh, but as for you, brothers, do not grow weary of doing good. Friends, we have to be ready to do good at all times. At any such time, we got to be ready. We got to be ready instant in season and out of season to do good. You never know when you're going to be called upon to do something good to help somebody or to do something good, something to bless or benefit somebody else. You never know when you will have that opportunity to do so. It may be today. It may be next week. But we have to be ready and prepared, Boy Scout uh, folks, right? We got to be prepared to do good at all times. That's what we need to do. Okay. Friends, I want to talk today about a biblical hero, because heroes do good things. Heroes do good things, especially when those opportunities come. The heroes, wow, heroes are just right there, and they do amazing things, and, and God can move through them. I want to talk about a biblical hero today. Okay, Bible scholars, kids, if you're here, get ready. I want you to, to think about this because I'm going to let you guess who it is, but just keep your guess to yourself. But, uh, but I'm sure some of you know this story. This story is of a giant, a giant who was a Philistine from Gath, right, who taunted Israel and, and he was confronted in, in, in a battle by this young Israelite who, uh, as further hence, was related to Jesse. Okay, <laughs> it, it, may be, it may be a bit obvious, but I want to talk a little about this great hero from the Bible today, about this great hero. Oh, amazing, amazing story, amazing attributes that this hero had, but first... I want to pause for just a minute and talk about a few other people, 
Okay, so, so now, now I, this is somebody that you probably haven't heard of before. First, I want to talk about Pastor Lee Jong-Rak's son. Pastor Lee Jong-Rak, okay? Pastor Lee Jong-Rak, you, you probably rock, do, do not know, but his son uh, was, was born with uh, cerebral palsy. And, uh, and, and when his son was born with this cerebral palsy, uh, he recognized that he needed to do something. And wow, he did what he needed to do to take care of his son. In fact, he sold his family's business to pay for his son's special treatment. Uh, this is in Korea. And, and, at, and then he discovered something, y'all. He discovered how people who were disabled, especially babies who were born, who had some kind of uh, a significant disability, were oftentimes discarded. And I mean literally discarded. Sometimes they were just thrown in, in, in the garbage or in landfills or, or dumpsters and things like this. And so he created something that kind of became known as the baby box. And this was something that he kind of placed out of, of his, his office there in Seoul, South Korea, where, where, and he offered it to the community where people could place their unwanted babies, many of which who were uh, disabled. And there were others uh, also who were not. And he, he took in personally, he started taking them in personally, as many as he could with he and his wife, uh, until they have a limit to how many you can essentially foster care for. And, and then he started working with, with agencies, and he saw this need that was created. And, and to date, well over 600 children have now been saved. Yeah, that's my reaction, too. That's, that's unbelievable. I mean, gosh. And this is mostly developing this whole network and this whole thing while taking care of his own son with cerebral palsy. Really remarkable. Listen, Pastor Lee Pak is, is a hero. He's a hero. Now, you probably haven't heard of him before, but friends, that's heroic. This guy's a hero. Brothers and sisters, don't grow weary of doing good. You've probably never heard of Pastor Lee before. Let me tell you, he's not nearly as famous as Melch David, as King David, okay? <laughs> he's not near as famous as uh, the famous King David in the Bible. Uh, Pastor Lee doesn't have people talking about him and talking about how, oh, he slayed uh, the giant Goliath, you know? Uh, kids talk about that story all the time. Of course, it's a wonderful story in the Bible. We all know it. But, but people, people aren't talking uh, about Pastor Lee in the same way. But my friends, Pastor Lee made a difference. Pastor Lee Pak made a difference in his own way. In his own way, he made a difference in something that was also very heroic. He was a hero even though nobody knows about him, or few, few of you know about him. Some people do. Beloved, you can do the same in you, in your own life, in your own way. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to slay the giant. It doesn't mean that you have to save 600 babies. But you, in your own way, can also do something heroic. You never know how you can change someone else's life. 
You never know how you change somebody else's life. I'll tell you the truth. Just, uh, just this past week, wow, was it this past week? Yes. This past week, yes. Uh, this past weekend, I did a memorial service for, for Dave, one of our beloved congregants, his wife, Nancy, keep Nancy in prayer. She lost her, her husband, but we know where he is. And, uh, and, and I was here uh, doing this memorial service, and then downstairs they had a little reception afterwards. This was last Sunday. And somebody came up to me who was there in the audience and, and said, I want to show you a picture. And I said, what, what is that? And I didn't know who it was. And, and she said, I'm so-and-so. The name wasn't familiar, but, but, but she showed me a picture from right here of my father, who is, as you know, retired for many years now, dedicating her daughter to the Lord. And she said, I've not been here in 30 years. My daughter's 32 years old now. She said, I've not been here in 32 years, but my daughter is doing so well. And, and when I heard that the memorial was here at this congregation that I've not been to in 30 years, I went back in my in my a photo album, and I found the picture, and I just wanted to show it to you. And I said, wow. And she said, you don't know the, the, the difference that, that you guys made for us in our lives. Hadn't seen her for 30 years. 30 years. Wow. Think about that. You don't know the impact that you make. Here it was 30 years later, and I, my, my, sister, my sister Robin was there. I said, Robin, come here. Look at this. She said, wow, can you send me the picture? <laughs> I, want to show, I want to show our dad. Really, really remarkable. 30 years later, you hear about, I mean, I didn't even know who, who this person was anymore. The daughter's 30, 30 years, 32 years old now. You don't know the difference that you make in people's lives. She was just singing how uh, the, the praises of, of Bethel and my father and about, I mean, it's really remarkable. First Thessalonians chapter five, please. First Thessalonians chapter five. Oftentimes, beloved, we minimize our impact and our potential impact. Why? Because we, we don't think of it as, as particularly special or certainly not heroic. Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as you, in fact, are doing. Hey, we're called to do this. We are called to encourage one another. That's part of what we're called to do. By the way, beloved, that's one of the reasons you come to the house of the Lord is to be encouraged by, by the word of God, by God himself, by the worship, by each other. Your goals when you come to the house of God, man, sh encourage somebody. And you know what? Be encouraged. Be encouraged by the Lord. We're, we're commanded to do so. Encourage one another. Build each other up. As a side note, this 1 Thessalonians, I don't know if you realize, was written way before mental health was spoken about. <laughs> I gave a message on mental health about a month ago or so, right? This was well before people focused on the mental health. Hey, listen, God focused on mental health way before anybody else. That's for sure. What, what did he say? Hey, encourage each other. Build each other up. So many people tear you down. My gosh, in the world and in society, dog eat dog, right? You get torn down enough out there. 
man, you, you come here, you, you watch one of these Bethel streams, I want you to be built up. We need to build each other up. This is part of what we're called to do. We need to be there for each other because in doing so, you make a difference. Just because you're not famous doesn't mean anything. Well, what, what can I do and who am I? I'm nobody. What can I do? You never know what you can do. You never know what you'll be called to do. You never know what you'll have an opportunity to do. And it can start small and, and then you only know the impact years later. Ho Feng Shen was the Chinese consul general in Austria in the late 1930s until mid-1940, disobeying instructions from his superiors, he issued perhaps tens of thousands of visas for Jews for them to be able to leave Europe, risking his career, his life, and yet saving thousands of Jews from the Holocaust. Haifeng Shen was a hero. A hero. A hero. All he did, I mean, can you imagine at the beginning, right, Susan? All he did was the first time, there was that moment, and there was that visa application, and the, and the, the higher up said, don't, don't do these visas. And there was this moment where he had a choice, where he signed the first visa. Maybe it seemed like not much that he did at the moment. But you know what? One led to two, and they actually had it recorded. 500, 2,000, and beyond. What a difference he made. You know, the Talmud says, whoever saves a life is considered as if he saved an entire world. And no one knew, he didn't do this for accolades, no one knew of Hofeng's heroism. And what's so interesting to me and also remarkable is that it wasn't until after his death, it wasn't until after his death that this all came to light, that, that people discovered what he did. He had never been gone around. In fact, it was a demerit on his service record that he had disobeyed the orders. It was only a few years after his death, all this was discovered about all the visas that he had given. And Yad Vashem, the Holocaust memorial in, in Israel, brought in his family to, to uh, celebrate his life and to uh, thank them and to uh, recognize him as a righteous among the Gentiles. He was heroic simply because it was the right thing to do, not for praise or for glory. He wasn't looking for that. He was looking to do the right thing. But you see the impact the right thing could do? I mean, there, there are lots of people who are alive, thousands, tens of thousands of people alive today of God's people because of what this guy did that almost nobody did, very few. There were a few others, but not many, sadly. People think of, of heroes as people who are famous. David and the like, you know, David's a hero, of course, King David. 
And rightly so, he is a hero. But people also think if you say heroes today to most people on the street, if you go to Peachtree Street and say, name me a hero, a lot of times they're, they're going to give you, well, you got Superman, Spider-Man, you know, are you Marvel or DC? That's the question, right? You know, which, which superhero uh, series are you going to go with, you know? <laughs> these, are, these are all heroes, super, and superheroes literally oftentimes have supernatural abilities, which what they, they use to, to help people with. But, but when we contemplate this, heroes, I mean, they're even called superheroes, right? When we think of heroes and people being heroic, and we think of, of people who have supernatural abilities like Superman and all this kind of stuff, it kind of puts being in the hero category out of reach for us. Because I don't know about you, but I can't fly. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that should be obvious. <laughs> okay, no, I, I don't have supernatural abilities, you know, to be able to fly or to bend steel with my bare hands or, you know, catch a bullet in the mouth. There it is. I can't do any of that stuff, right? And so, well, can you really be a hero? You know, all these people... It's out of our reach. The truth is that we should be seeking to be everyday heroes. It's not out of our reach. You don't know the impact you might have. I told you about this. This was just last weekend. This person came in and shared this with me. I was up at Messiah Conference, and yet again, my father was quoted multiple times from the stage. My father, Rabbi E, is quoted all the time by rabbis in the movement, present rabbi included. <laughs> you know, listen, I, I, loved, I loved listening to Rabbi E and, and, his, and his messages. His impact lives on long after he's here. Most of you here, most of you watching online, never one time heard Rabbi E give a message. Not one time in your life. Many of you here never even met the guy. He's in assisted living now. He comes every once in a while. Many of you here never even met the guy. But trust me when I say you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. See, the impact can outlast even you. That's, that's quite heroic, my friends. Something that may not seem big in the moment. Don't minimize it. Joshua chapter 2, please. Joshua chapter 2. This is the famous story of, whoa, Joshua the battle of Jericho, 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 Joshua the battle of Jericho, and the walls come tumbling down. Yeah. I'm no longer on the worship team for a reason, apparently. <laughs> Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua and the children of Israel had crossed the Jordan River, or they were preparing to take Jericho. And, and what happens? Well, they sent some spies to check out Jericho. How'd it look? Verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent out two spies from Shittim, saying, Go explore the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, or Rahab, and lodged there. The king of Jericho was told, some men from B'nai Yisrael have just come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, 
Bring out the men who came to you, who entered your house, for they have come to spy out all the land. But the woman, Rahab, took the two men and hid them and said, Yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. So when it was time to shut the gate at dark, the men went out, and I don't know where they went. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and had hidden them in the stalks of flax that she had spread out on the roof. Oh, okay. Hello. So Rahav, Rahab, hid the Israeli spies. She hid them. Okay. Friends, that was immeasurably heroic. It may seem like a small thing. It was a big thing. It was a big thing. And, and, and what influence, what difference did that make in, in her life and in her descendant's life even? It made, that move, y'all, made a full impact in her descendant's forever life. One of her descendants would be the person who would eventually kill the giant Philistine that I talked about earlier. That would be one of her descendants that would kill that Philistine. And even more so, Yeshua himself was one of her descendants. Wow. And remember, Rahav, Rahab came from a non-Jewish background, entering into the, the, the children of Israel by nature of this one heroic action that she took. Beloved, you never know when you're going to ch- get a chance to be a hero. And, and what's more is you may never see the heroic ramifications of what it is that you do until we get to heaven, right? Then we'll see. I, I imagine when we get to heaven, man, when the book is laid out, we're going to be shocked by some stuff, some impacts. Please, God, <laughs> please, God, the pluses outweigh the negatives, right? You know? Please, God. See, you've got a purpose in your heart, man. Start stacking up those pluses. As a side note, that's not what gets us salvation. That's not what gets us in the door. But yet the Lord rewards us if we follow him and obey his commandments. You never know the impact of what you do. Don't minimize your importance or influence. You don't have to be the mighty David. You don't have to be the mighty David that slays the giant, the Philistine. But beyond this, my friends, don't think that heroism is confined only to saving lives. Heroism can come in many different packages. It can look like many different things, depending upon who you're a hero to. I'm going to tell you a name now that some of you actually may recognize. The name is Gene Cernan. A few of you probably, uh, Schwarz knows, Gene Cernan. uh, This was an astronaut, a United States astronaut. He was on two different Apollo missions. Cernan is forever an astronaut lore. I mean, this guy was one of the biggies during the whole Apollo time. He was also the, the last man up until this moment to walk on the moon. He was the last guy who, who, who was on the moon up until today. 
one of only, I think, a dozen that ever walked on the moon. Gene Cernan, a really amazing guy. However, this remarkable man who just passed away just a few years ago is a hero. He's a hero to men, but he's a hero to somebody in particular in a much more personal way, in a much more personal way than even all of us as Americans that are impressed at what he did. Why? Because as he was on the surface of the moon, last guy to be on the moon, as he was getting ready to board back on the ship that would leave the moon's surface, the lunar surface, he, he knelt down on the moon's surface and in the lunar dust inscribed the initials of his daughter. Such a small thing. Should the Lord tarry, those initials will be there, they say, for 50,000 years. Wow. Can you imagine? Cernan was a hero to his daughter. To his daughter. What a beautiful thing. 2 Kings chapter 2. See, it doesn't have to be all grand. It doesn't have to be something life-saving. It can be small things. And what an impact you can make. You can make. A heroic impact you can make. Oftentimes it's driven by relationship. Elisha, Elijah, was a, was a protege of Elijah. Mark was reading today in the Haftarah portion about Elijah. And, uh, and Elijah trained and taught and was a mentor to Elisha. And, uh, and their relationship was obviously very tight. Uh, Elisha had seen Elijah do many miracles as he was mentored by him. They were incredibly close. And then it came time, though, for Elijah to be taken up into heaven. And something happened. This happened. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Now, as they were crossing over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I will do for you before I'm taken from you. So Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He replied, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be so to you. But if not, it will not be so. As they were walking along and talking, behold, a chariot of fire. And horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. As Elisha was watching, he was crying out, Avi, Avi, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. Then he saw him no more. So he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Sign of mourning. Friends, Elijah was a hero to Elisha. Elijah was a hero to Elisha, Elisha. But it's clear that he was a hero to Elisha not because of his amazing miracles, but because of his love for Elisha as a son. And he wasn't even his real father, you understand. 
How, how did he respond when he went up? Not, wow, that's amazing. Not, not just like, wow, that's cool. Well, it's like now I got the double blessing. No, he responded, my father, my father. Beloved, it's not beyond any of you to be that kind of a hero to somebody else. It's not beyond any of you to be that kind of a hero where someone loves you and looks up to you like that. Whether it's a child or whether it's a friend, or it's not beyond you. When you do courageous things, it affects others in many ways. When you do something courageous or godly for one it builds their faith to see you do something good or righteous especially when other people are doing evil is heroic right and what else does it do it builds the faith of those around you when you see the whole parade going one way in the world, and you're going, and somebody else is going the other way, wow, you look at that and say, man, they're courageous, and it gives you more courage to do what's right. It's hard to do what's right when you're all by yourself. We got to look for those heroes, but we got to be those heroes for people and be willing to be courageous in, in the little things even. If you can do it, so can they. Also, it's a great role model for others. We must set the example of how to live our lives, even if it's not always popular. 1 Timothy chapter 4, please. What did Rabbi Shaul teach his young protege, Timothy? Timothy was very young. They called him Tiny Tim. No, that's, that's, not, that's not there. I'm just, I just made that up. That's, that's not in the Greek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Charles Dickens. It's a totally different. Okay, uh, Rabbi Shaul, but, but we know that Timothy was very young. <laughs> In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul, uh, the, uh, the Shaliach, says let, to Timothy, he says, no, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but become an example of the faithful in speech, in conduct, in love, in faithfulness, and in purity. Paul tells Timothy, be an example, even among the believers, be an example. Speech, conduct, love, faithfulness, purity. Even if you're young. My friends, if you're here, you're watching online, even if you're young, it doesn't matter. Be an example. Be an example even for, wait for it, even for the older people. Be an example for them. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. See, friends, you can be a hero at any age. And being a hero doesn't mean that you're going to gain great recognition or will become famous. But if you do good, people will often notice and gain confidence themselves to do good. It makes an impression on people when you do good. It's, it's a great example for us. Rick Rescorla, name you probably don't know, Rick Rescorla. Rick Rescorla was a British-American veteran, and he was a corporate security worker. On September the 11th of 2001, he was working on the 44th floor of the World Trade Center, South Tower, when the North Tower was hit. 
Contrary to the PA system, which urged, which urged workers to stay at their desks, Rick, on the other hand, grabbed his bullhorn. He was the part of the security team. Grabbed his bullhorn and, and ordered around 3,000 Morgan Stanley employees to evacuate the building, contrary to what was going on in the PA system. Saved thousands of lives that day. Even after they were evacuated, he went back up to try to evacuate others. In the end, he was one of only 13 Morgan Stanley employees who lost their lives on September 11th. Most who survived owe their lives to Rick. Rick was a hero, a hero. John chapter 15. Yeshua said this in Yochanan, John chapter 15, verse 13. Yeshua said, no one has greater love than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And yes, Rick literally laid down his life. But this also means to put, your, put others before yourself. When it's said to lay down your life for your friends, yes, there, it can be a physical thing where you give up your life for some others, greater love. But also there's the symbolic nature of that comment as well, that we're to serve others even if it costs you personally. You're laying down your life for somebody else. You see? This is a high calling. If you will, it's a heroic thing to do. But this is what we are called to do, my brothers and sisters, to serve others even if it costs you personally. And even when you do, people are highly unlikely to think of you as famously as David fighting the mighty Philistine. But it doesn't matter. What matters is what God thinks. That's what matters at the end of the day. So in conclusion, I want to go back to the beginning. Remember, I gave you a little Bible quiz to start. <laughs> the story is of a giant who was a Philistine from Gath who taunted Israel. He was confronted in battle by a young Israelite who was related to Jesse. Okay, you've probably guessed who my hero is. And if you said, David, you were wrong. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 20. David was indeed king of Israel at this time. But let's read about something that happened that you probably have never noticed before. First Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 6, this is during the reign of King David, but not about him. Verse 6, once again there was a battle at Gath, where there was a man of great stature 
who had 24 fingers and toes, six on each hand and six on each foot. He too also descended from the giants, this giant Philistine, when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, David's brother, struck him down. How interesting. So this message really was all about Jonathan. <laughs> Had nothing to do with David. This message was about Jonathan. And I'm not talking about Jonathan, who wrote the different books, and the Jonathans that wrote the books in the New Covenant. I'm not even talking about Saul's son, Jonathan, who was David's best friend. No, that's, that's not who we're talking about here. Here we're talking about how Jonathan, who was the nephew of King David, battles a Philistine giant who taunts Israel, and Jonathan kills him. Hmm. <laughs> now, do you think that Uncle David's heroic example inspired him? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you better believe it. You, you, you got to know that, that he heard stories growing up about what Uncle David did. <laughs> about how Uncle, Uncle David faced Goliath the giant and how Uncle David slayed him with a sling. That's what Uncle David did. You know, the guy who's king now. Uncle David did that to the giant, the giant Philistine. You ain't got to fear no, no giants. No, 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 this, this is Jonathan. He was a grandson of Jesse. He was David's nephew. But within this, my friends, we see that Jonathan, too, was a hero. He was a hero. Though none sing songs of him or tell Bible stories about him. But what he did was historic too. In a great or small way, you too should seek to be heroic. The title of my, of my message is Hero. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this. Wow, thank you, Lord, for Jonathan, who <laughs> was heroic and courageous. And <sighs> thank you, Lord, for the heroes that are in this room and who are watching on the stream and listening in the podcast. Oh, there are heroes here. And there are a lot of potential heroes here, God. I want to ask first if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if you've never dedicated your life to God, but you want to, wherever you're at, raise your hand, we'll pray. If you've never turned your life over to Yeshua, but you want to, raise your hand and let's pray together. Oh, don't be left out of the party. <laughs> Is there anyone who has never done so but wants to today? Maybe you're watching online. If that's you and you've never said, just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins, God. 
sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, congratulations. Wow. That was heroic. Please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here and you said that prayer for the first time, see me after the service. We want to celebrate with you. But, but for the rest of us who are here and if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to seek to be a hero. Now, I'm not talking about for glory. I'm not talking about for fame. I'm not talking about for riches. I'm saying simply because it's the right thing to do. Be, be a hero. And, and don't limit what that looks like. Sometimes a hero does something immeasurably grand, like literally saving somebody's life or even giving your life for somebody. It's very heroic. But other people can be heroes by writing their, their, their child's name in, in dust. Be a hero in whatever way you can be. You don't know the impact that you're making. Leave that to God. You do your part. But be encouraged, beloved. You make an impact. You make a difference. It matters. You matter. Thank you, Lord, for each person who's here today. Thank you, God, for your word. Oh, Lord, thank you for this message. It was a blessing for me. And I, Lord, I tell you, when I read about Jonathan, I just started cracking up. And I thought, wow, I must have read that before, but I didn't remember reading that. And it just, it just spoke to me, Lord. Wow, this is not David. This is Jonathan, the nephew. <laughs> Lord, please remind me to, to meet Jonathan in heaven. I want to meet that guy. He's a blessing to me. Thank you, Lord, for this, for Shabbat, for your presence, for our mishpachah that I love. We bless you for all these things. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.com. Org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Light, 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 light.